Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle, episode 450, contains the stepfather, new terminology, stripper stories, and an interview with the one and only Mama Dangle. Warning, this show is only for adults who like sex. Does your dick hang low? Does it dangle to and fro? Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? (laughs) Don't worry. Dick will be coming. Welcome to the Covert Nation. Here he is. Dick Jangle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 450 of Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Welcome to the Pervert Nation. I am your host, Dick Dangle, and joining me for a second episode in a row is the man, the myth, the legend, the admiral of the A-game, and the master of his domain. He did the football combine, and his podcast abilities broke all kind of records. He is the fine stepfather. More like running a 10-10-40 dangle. <laughs> I don't believe it. The uh, only time I run fast is when the pizza guy's knocking on my door. <laughs> but you're jumping your uh, coffee table. You're sidestepping the dog. I think... With the oh, right... I got moves. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't have speed, just move. Oh, okay. You're fluid. You're you're right. smooth. It's not I all got, about uh, the the herky jerky. Right, cat cat like prowess, but uh, you know, move like an elephant. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. It's an interesting combo. Yes, yes, it is. But it's a perfect combo, my friend, because that is who you are. How are things going? I can't complain, Dangle. Any day I get to talk to you and the fans is a good day for me. Wow. That is, I, I'm just going to end, end the episode right there. That was beautiful. Thanks for coming. Good night. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about this episode before the fine stepfather and I get into some discussions and some articles. Not only do you get those great things that I just talked about, but you get an interview on this show with the one. The only Mama Dangle. Uh-oh. Oh, 450 oh. coming out strong. That's right. Holy smokes. We will talk all about that at the end of the first half. The interview will be in the second half of the show. But let's have a little bit of fun here. Yeah, 450. You know, when you do two shows a week, these numbers come fast. And I am a big fan of nice round numbers. (laughs) I guess it's really not a nice round number, but it's a good number. It's an auspicious number, and I like it. But I can't believe it. 450. Crazy. That's a long way to go, Daniel. 450. That is a long way to go. And I'm not going to lie. There are times where I listen to podcasts, and they're ones that I enjoy. And I've listened from the beginning, and they have reached the 200 episode mark and even though i am not on any of these podcast levels i feel the need to continue to like do more shows so they don't catch up to me is that weird no you gotta stay out front competition dangle competition you know, there, there are these comedians out there and these amazing doctors and whoever that are doing these shows. And as soon as the one went, and this is a very special episode, because this is episode 200, I went, I, I might have to do three episodes a week because I'm not letting them catch me. <laughs> Got to keep pace. Got to keep pace. Got to stay ahead. Yes. But I think two for every one that they do is good enough. Right. Yeah. So... Fine stepfather, do you watch the football combine? Not really. No, because I don't I don't really follow college football as much either. So until they actually come to the pros, it doesn't mean too much to me. That being said, I did watch a little bit uh this year 
And it was interesting, but I had had nothing better to do for that short period of time that I watched it. So, you know, that's what I did. I don't think I'd ever make a point of watching it all the time. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because now that football and, and really all sports is such a business that the people that go to these combines to work out, they do the events like they really practice at them so it makes them look so much better than they than it may translate to the field but what some of these people do are just outrageous you know you have these guys that are doing like a 41 inch vertical jump that's insane and i almost feel like they overtrain I think a lot of injuries in football comes from overtraining. That's just my thought. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you got these guys that are in peak physical condition and they're in a constant state of towing that line. Right. Of better, stronger, faster. So it's only a matter of time where the body's just going to snap. Yes. So, Father Stepfather, if there were to be a sexual combine, what event? do you think you would be world-class in viewing (laughs) (laughs) well played i mean i'd like to say i'd be um the long spurt champion but i know i'm not but that would be one that i would definitely tune in to watch right oh yeah (laughs) if there was a rookie porn star combine I think a lot of people would tune into that. Yeah. I mean, you want to see, you want to see squirt distance, both male and female. Right. You know, I think you definitely want to see, um, performance like, uh, you know, how long, how long they can go. Then you've, then you've got the, um, vocal controls for those that like the noises while you're watching them. Gotcha. Okay. There's all kinds of, there's all kind of, uh, you know, battle of the network stars type of events that they could throw out there. Wow. Did you just date yourself? <laughs> You're not wrong, but man, did you date yourself? And that's you got to awesome. throw that stuff out to get people online to be like, what is, what was that? What it was, you know, do the research. <laughs> I used to love battle of the network stars. <laughs> yeah. I think you could have events like uh, gaping control and elasticity. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, squat ability because, you know, you have the guys that will do pile driver, the women that will do reverse cowgirl. You need to be able to squat well. Right. You get that timer going. Yep. How many bounces you can do per minute in squat for those positions. Right. Man, this isn't a bad idea. I might have in heels. In heels. In heels, damn it. Right, right. I mean you got the you got non heels, but also heels. Yep. Yep. There has to be something about like having sex like with one leg up on a hard surface, like a kitchen (laughs) counter. Right. You know. Oh, another good one. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying it's very, very doable, Dangle. Very yeah, doable. Very doable. I think another one would be blink control while taking a facial. There you go. That's a key. Because there's nothing when you're watching someone just <laughs> blinking like Morse code, just waiting for it to come out. <laughs> like I, it obviously means you don't want this, but you know, that's okay. That's that is where the pros stand out. Yep, that's that's why you got to go to the the combine. That's why. Right. <laughs> well done, my friend. Well done. Seven thirty show is different than a nine thirty show, right. folks. <laughs> oh my goodness! So I think we need to do a little bit of learning, stepfather. Education is important, Dangle. It really is. And I think this is something we could both learn from. All right. This article comes from lovehoney.com. Terminology Timeline, the ultimate guide to modern day sex and dating. Fine, Stepfather, are you ready to learn maybe some terms that you 
weren't aware of when it comes to sex and dating. Absolutely. All right. So the first one I want to bring to your attention is breezing. And that is not obeying the traditional rules of dating in order to stay authentic to yourself by gently but clearly communicating your feelings to your partner. Like an example of that would be uh, a woman making the first move, letting a man know how she feels about him with no pressure, something like that. Just kind of breaking the norm. And I dig that because most of my dating life has been very breezing. I am someone that is a low-pressure salesman, and I'm very go-with-the-flow. So I could definitely consider myself a breezer in that way. Are you a breezer or are you someone that things kind of followed a natural progression with you and the lovely stepmother? Yeah, I would say it was more of just a natural progression. Traditional, if you will. Yes. All right. That works. That works. What was the time from you started dating to marriage? Um, About a year and a half. Oh, okay. Very nice. Was it a short engagement or a short dating period? Uh, it was a very short engagement. Uh, boot camp changes a man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does, my friend. All right. Very cool. The next one, cookie jarring. And that means the super unethical practice of stringing someone along to keep them as a backup plan in case things don't work out with the person you really want. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. I've been this. I have been cookie jarred and it is not pleasant. I mean, at least there's a chance though. Right. Right. You know, so you're saying there's a chance, (laughs) but it, it never works. Right, but I mean, it's better than being friend zone. When you're friend zone, it ain't gonna happen. When you're cookie jarred, at least the opportunity could be. Well, maybe her, maybe the plans will fall through, and she'll need somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> the harken back to our last episode, we're manifesting it, Dangle. Right, you are correct. <laughs> There's a song by '80s great who is still touring, Joe Jackson. And okay. it's called, I think it's called number two. And it's, uh, will you be my number two? Me and number one are through. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, dawn dating. And basically what this means is uh, instead of a date night, you have a date morning. You meet up for breakfast before work and share coffee or a nice walk, something like that. It still counts as a date. But it's very early. This can go straight to hell. See, that would work for me because I'm up with the sun. Mm. See, a long, 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 long ago, I took one of those tests. You know, where, there, where you, when you're in like middle school, where it's supposed to tell you what you'd be good at. Okay. You know, um, as far as your profession. Gotcha. That personality test, and it should told me I should have been a farmer. Uh, <laughs> I didn't listen, but I I do get up with the sun. So like dawning would, that would work for me because, uh, I like them. I'm, I'm more of a morning person. Hmm. I am not (laughs) my, my ideal is getting up at about 10 AM and going to bed about 2 AM. Okay. That is where I function the best. Cause typically if I get in a cycle where I'm able to stay up a little bit later, my brain goes, oh, it's 9 p.m. Let's get some work done. And my brain is so active. And it's tough to get yourself to go to sleep when your brain is just firing on all cylinders. So, yeah, dawn dating, not my thing at all. All right. All right. Well, sorry. Yeah. Breakfast Breakfast is, is a good, you know, you have good conversations there. You're, you you can talk about your plans for the day and all that kind of stuff. I can agree with that. But at the same time, you know, you may be uh, drinking milk, eating a lot of eggs. 
you might have a lot of the phlegm, and that is not very flattering to a date. <laughs> I think uh, to me, I almost it, uh, also think breakfast is a better meal at a restaurant. Ooh, okay. I prefer I prefer my breakfast from a restaurant than you know. I'd rather cook for dinner. I gotcha. All right, that, that I won't disagree with. That I don't. I how would you, how would you know, Dangle? Your your day starts at ten. <laughs> breakfast is over. <laughs> You you got you got twenty minutes to get your ass to McDonald's. To get <laughs> well, just because I want to get up at ten doesn't mean I get up at ten. Sadly, I'm right, up at right, like right. six. And but I meant in an in an ideal world, you wouldn't even know what bre- breakfast. What's breakfast? It wouldn't even be right. in your vocabulary. You are correct. Actually, the my main breakfast through the work week is a peanut butter sandwich. Okay. Yeah. So right. yeah, I, I wouldn't. Things wouldn't change too much for me. But I love breakfast for dinner. So yeah, to yeah. actually go somewhere and have a breakfast, breakfast to start the day, and then make my meal late. I actually, that is in my brain more appealing for sure. But you know, if I start my day, ain't gonna happen. Oh, but it's it, appealing. You're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> now the next one. Dry dating. That doesn't, this sounds aggressive in name, but it's not. What it means, it does, right? I'm more a fan of lube dating, but you know, all this means is uh, dating without alcohol. Oh, okay. Yeah. It would have to be a very special person. I'm not saying like I'm a big drinker, but if I met someone and they said, I don't drink at all. In the dating aspect of it, that wouldn't be an issue. But if it was like, hey, this is really turning into something, it would have to be a very special person for me to say, I'm going to stop drinking. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are people that I know that if they were like, hey, I really want to date, I would stop drinking for, for sure. I'm not going to say any names, but, you know. <laughs> Stepfather. Anyway, uh, you you can you can be whatever you want to be. I ain't gonna be dry. <laughs> That's, That's right. <laughs> I ain't gonna judge you. Right, right, right. Are you? You can drive. Right, yeah, there you go. <laughs> now this one, uh, this is a personality trait of mine, be it dating or otherwise golden retriever and it doesn't mean that uh i am trying to get somebody's pee what that means is loving loyal extroverted and keen to please okay that is just who i am as a person i love that i my love language is service and i you want to talk about dopamine that is my thing i i feel dopamine when i do something nice for somebody all right that's good. I think so. <laughs> this one is kind of self-explanatory. Slow fade. And what this means is instead of ghosting, you're doing it slowly over time instead of all at once. Okay. Yeah. I have done the slow fade. No doubt. Because there are times where my niceness gets me in dating moments and relationships and then after a little while i go oh yeah this is bad right and then i have to slow fade my way out of it i'm sure because of the hulking gorgeous man that you are stepfather you have had to do this before the stepmother yeah i've definitely i've definitely slow faded Mm -hmm. it's well, I think I think a lot of that happens too when you're um, you're torn, you know. Like you still want to be there, but it's just not working. So you start to find ways to be busy. Correct. Without just ripping the bandaid off. Although as I as I've grown older, it's I think it's better. But it's the, the, today's society doesn't like confrontation, so it's easier to slow fade than it is to just face it. Right. Just face it. it it's so much better. It 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 sucks so much less because it's easier to get back on the horse when it's definitively over than it is for you to drag out that pain. 
Yeah, that is you're exactly right. And you need that to grow. You need to be able to work through those moments to be better later. Right. Because unless you address that ability, you'll never obtain it. And you need to. You need to work through confrontation. Growth comes yep. during uncomfortable times as a person. Now, this one, <laughs> I haven't, but no, I, yeah, I've done this. Uh, it's called voice fishing. Guys who deepen their voice using the voice note feature on Hinge, this one's for you. Voice fishing is another variation of catfishing where people essentially manipulate their tone dialect or accent to make themselves sound sexier online i've never done it online i have definitely done it out and about okay because there are times where i will be by myself and i will hold a door for a, a woman and they'll say oh thank you very much and i will do my best to bring my voice down and be like you are quite welcome and just have you welcome, baby. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of episodes ago I did it where I manipulated my voice and you know I, I changed the pitch of it, which I thought was hilarious. But uh yeah, I I definitely do this actively where like to do it on an app I think is a little bit more passive, but oh I definitely do this in public for sure. Oh, okay. And, not me, not me. It is I am who I am, you're getting what you're getting. Mm. I I feel that uh, if you become interested, you can never say you didn't know I was like that. <laughs> True. <laughs> true. You're not. There's no surprises here. That that is true. <laughs> if you're gonna stick around, this is what you're getting into. <laughs> here is my ability to launch that would help me win the combine, right. and. Here is my love of cigars and brown liquor. Here's my dog. Take it or leave it. I like it. I like it a lot. And the last one I'm going to talk about, zombieing. It's when an old flame who ghosted you suddenly comes back from nowhere and rises like the living dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, have I had this happen a lot in my life. Like, a crazy amount. And I don't know if it was because I didn't seem, I don't know, because I, like you, I am someone that I am who I am. And when people initially meet me, I think they go, wow, he's really nice. And this is like too easy. And there's no intrigue. There's no mystery to this. I kind of find it boring. So we're going to put him on the back burner and we'll come back. If need be. And I'm like, oh, well, that was weird. I was, you know, I thought things were, were going well and they just kind of disappeared. And then years later, they might be thinking to themselves, wow, it was kind of nice to be treated well. And then like, and then there they are. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't manifested that lottery when they, they stay at bay. Oh, that is true. That is true. I often say I become a lot more attractive if I were to win the lottery. No. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I go from You could be you could be super attractive and you still become more attractive when you right. win the lottery. Oh yeah. I mean, I would go from like a 2 to an 8 if I won the lottery. 2. Come I, on, I, I'm a humble man, stepfather. If anything, you're a 4. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> In more more ways than one. <laughs> Go watch my scene, folks. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of terms out there. If you want to read all of the terms, you can go to lovehoney.com, find their blog article and check it out. Or you can just go to danglinafterdark.com, click the links to this episode, find the show notes. They'll be right there and you can go to it too. Now, if I step father, yes, sir, would you like to hear some stories from strippers about their job? Why not? Nigel? All right. This is a Buzzfeed article brought to us by yahoo.com. 
is we asked strippers in the BuzzFeed community to share their best, coolest, or wildest secrets and stories about their job. Here are the fascinating results. Now, once again, there are a lot on here, but I'm just going to bring a couple to the stepfather into pervert nation. The first one. I worked all around the world as a stripper, mostly in major cities. Dancers pay to work. It's called a stage fee. And I, yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that about strippers when, uh, when they're working. And girls have to pay it every night. For some clubs, it can be $80. And for others, it's as low as 10 Some places in Vegas would ask us to hang out with various rich dudes at clubs. And if we did, they'd excuse our stage fees. Mike Tyson was a big customer at one of the clubs I worked at. One night, he ripped off his shirt and stormed up the DJ booth, and all of our bouncers guarded him. Yeah, you're not going to stop him, so you just guard him. Right. <laughs> it was wild. Mike Tyson actually was very nice to me. Also, when he gave me his phone number, he wrote his name as Steve, so no one would know it was his. I have stories for days. Because <laughs> nobody saw him give her give his number to her, right? right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And it makes me wonder, when you storm a DJ booth, like when he did it, do you think he was requesting specific songs and just having a good time up there? Did he take the mic? Did he think, like, can he DJ? I don't know. But whatever it is, you let the man do it. Right. Because I don't know how old he is now, but I have seen very recent footage of him boxing training things like that he is still a frightening human being yeah i don't care how old he gets i still don't want him punching me <laughs> correct <laughs> not even on my best youngest strongest day would i let that man as an old man i'm not saying he's old now but even as an old man punch me in the face or anywhere i don't think i can handle that kidney shot i'm going down no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that is shutting me right off Straight man here. This is another uh, example. This isn't me. Well, it is me, but it's not me. You know what I mean? Straight man here. I used to work as an exotic entertainer at bars and for private hire. Male clients were always super respectful and tipped well. I always tried to avoid women at bachelorette parties because they always went a little too far and never tipped well. Huh. Right? Because what I have noticed when I've been in clubs and women are there and they are sitting at the stage, they tend to be very good tippers. I don't know if it was the, the private hire parties that made them not, but if it's just women, they're good tippers. If it's a man and a woman, the woman is still a very good tipper, and the man tends to pull back a little bit because I think the girlfriend is putting a lot of money on stage. I'd say probably because he knows the amount of money that's getting laid out. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, in my younger days, when I was an amateur and possibly immature dangle, if I was sitting at the stage and there were people lobbing money on stage, I held back <laughs> because, you know, my extra dollars aren't going to, you know, it's not much of a percentage jump from what is already on the stage. But now, right now, I, I still do my due diligence. Next one. My guy friend was a stripper while we were in college and it helped him pay for school. He mostly did bachelorette parties and booked gigs over the phone. The best part was that he didn't look like your typical stripper. He was so pale and super skinny, going bald in the front, and wasn't very muscly. He always thought it was funny that he was getting hired and paid to strip sight unseen. If the client didn't request a particular theme or costume, his booker would let him pick whatever he wanted to wear. 
He said most bookings didn't specify, so he'd make his own costume as a beekeeper <laughs> with the net over his face and everything. Nothing says sexy like a beekeeper. <laughs> There's something about it that still works. <laughs> I don't know what, because you know you can be like, oh, give me that honey. You know, there, there's still <laughs> things you can spray them with smoke to keep them docile. <laughs> you know, there's still something about that that works for me. But this may go to a point. He was pale and super skinny, but he may have been a shower. So if he was super skinny, he looked like he was packing some heat. Right. You know, if he was a grower like myself. He is going to get laughed out of the building. <laughs> so, you know, he, he may have had something she, she was missing out on. Just saying. Next one. I was a stripper for 13 years. The most interesting request I ever got was from a man who asked me to poop on him. Oh. <laughs> you were holding that one. You knew that was coming. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, that's how it works. You know, it, it goes from the, um, you know, can I uh, rub your feet? Can I right. buy some of your clothing? Next logical step. Could you poop on me? Right. That, that's just how it works. <laughs> <laughs> now, this next one, I feel attacked because I think they're talking about me specifically. Oh, I think the saddest thing I'd see as a waitress at a strip club was when men would try to impress their sons by tipping me to smile at them. Also, some customers truly had no other social outlets than the attention they paid for at the club. Okay, now listen. That's just <laughs> rude. Who are you to judge? That's your job. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Your job is to take care of those folks. Right. Oh, don't project that onto me. Right. That's just. I don't want to be in the service industry. Who are these people who are coming to me for service? Right. <laughs> and my other thought to this was maybe the father took the son to the club because the son was quiet he was a bit introverted wasn't one who was good with the ladies so the father's like hey give him a wink give him a smile touch his shoulder let him right. feel the love get his confidence up to help him later on it's a service right come on they're looking at this all wrong and i do take this personally i need to get out more because <laughs> when you do interviews at clubs you're at the club a lot is all i'm saying and evidently you're being judged <laughs> i am being judged and i don't like it damn it <laughs> if you don't go to the club there's no club thank you thank if everybody, that's what i'm saying like that's your job if everybody found better stuff to do you wouldn't be employed right <laughs> You should be happy that I am in the emotional state that I am. So exactly. you have work. Damn it. I am totally going to spin that so it doesn't sound as bad as it does. And the last one I want to bring to you. I am now 70 plus years old, but I worked as a stripper in the early 70s. Back then, most of the jobs were for go-go girls or bikini dancers. This was the most common and easiest way to get into the occupation. I was a very young divorced mom. I learned that all I had to do to make a pretty good living for myself and my baby was to sew some fringe and sequins on a bra and panties, then dance on a little stage each night. Now, I'm not going to lie. That's how I made most of my money. <laughs> we didn't have to actually disrobe, and in many places, we weren't allowed to have any conversations or interactions with the patrons. You just go up there and dance your set from the 45 records on the jukebox, then wait in the dressing room, sometimes for an hour or more, until it was your turn again. 
in some bars, you put on a little cover-up over your bikini dancer costume and sit with the patrons who would buy you drinks to increase the club's revenue. I can't imagine. Now, the one thing that is actually still true from this is most clubs still require dancers to wear some kind of cover-up while they're on the floor. Right. And that's cool. I'm fine with that. And to be honest, the thought of not seeing someone disrobe and just being a go-go dancer or bikini dancer, that doesn't bother me at all. But the thought of having a jukebox play seven-inch singles of songs for you to dance to is amazing to me. Because for those who've never heard an old-school jukebox, there's a gap of time for when the one song ends and the next song begins. Because this machine has to stop that record, get rid of it, put it back in its original slot, grab the next record, and start playing it. Right. So you're probably talking what? Ah, oh, 15, 15. Yeah, 20, 15, 20 seconds. seconds. Yeah. Before like do you just stop dancing? Do you dance with no music and look like a crazy person? Like <laughs> <laughs> that that's weird to me. It's awesome. I would love to see a club bring back records. Don't get me wrong. But that, Yeah, but you know, how do you think about only having 45 records to choose or was it was it 45 records or 45s? They're 45s. So okay. the, the seven inch. Okay, I was thinking yeah. like there was only 45 songs to choose from. Oh, that would get old in a hurry. <laughs> Holy smokes. People didn't stay long. No, no. It's like, I think I've heard this song from the grassroots like right. eight times while I've been here. <laughs> How many times are we going to rock the cradle of love? <laughs> right. <laughs> we know we know yeah we get it Use your cherry pie right. i got it i got it <laughs> we get it girls 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 right uh, <laughs> that's funny yeah no 45 rpm records yeah so kids 45 rpm records you have what are very popular right now. You have your standard LP. Those are 33 and a third revolutions per minute. The standard 45, one song, one on each side. Those were 45 RPMs. And with all of the love of music on vinyl that has come back, I'm waiting for that gravy train to hit because I have a lot of 45s and a lot of people who are in the know said those aren't going to come back because oh, okay. it is just one song, but I have a right. feeling they are going to come back. That's just my guess. I have no idea because I I'm hoping all those tone Loke and Cindy Lauper records are going to be worth a minute. <laughs> they're not, they're not, but yeah, they're not. But yeah, that's all right. Not unless they're errata. You know, there's like mislabeled or something. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, they have some kind of misprint on it, right? Yeah. Otherwise, they've printed 10 million of those. Oh, yeah. So many. So, right. So many. Although, I mean, maybe another 50 years they will be. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be Hang here on, Dangle. Hang on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be 167. And right. uh, then the money train starts rolling in. Well, no, when the Library of Congress is the only place that has a 45 player, <laughs> not a 45 player, but that little disc that you stick on top or in the middle of a 45 to get it to be able to play. Right. The adapter. <laughs> nice. I saw a guy that actually had that tattooed on him, and I thought that was right. so badass because that is such a specific person that's going to know what that is. Right. Oh, that was like the first tattoo that I ever thought to myself, if I'm going to get one, that's a design I want to build one around. Right. Yeah. But if you want to read the rest of the stripper stories, go to this article at danglingafterdark.com. Find this episode, click the link to the show notes, and there they are. Oh, my goodness. Now, this show, the first half of it, for sure, was basically just a primer to get to the second half of the show because the interview guest is the wonderful mama dangle 
And for those of you who don't know who she is, she is the mama of Dick Dangle. And I've talked about her a lot from time to time on this show. And I finally got her to do a short interview for it. And it was basically a spur of the moment thing. And we made it work. And it was absolutely hilarious. And I'm so glad that she agreed to do it. What you're basically going to hear from this episode is basically an introduction to who she is, what she thinks about her son doing this show, going to Vegas, bringing performers to my studio, and having her, you know, knit and crochet and make stuff for performers that I give away at conventions. And there's been times where she has cooked for some of the people uh, because they heard, because she is a phenomenal cook. And they were like, man, it would be so nice to have a home cooked meal. And I just call up Mama Dangle, be like, hey, you want to make something? And like, well, what do they want? And she would make it. it absolutely amazing. The interview hops all over the place because not only do we talk about me and our relationship and her relationship to this podcast and what I enjoy, but some of the things that she has experienced in her life coming from Europe and the lifestyles that she has been a part of from her younger days all the way through adulthood. It's a bit disjointed because we were having so much fun, but truly it was just me being able to bring her and her personality to the show because there were so many people that have met her and know her and have heard her name. And I figured what better time than now than to bring her to the show. The fine stepfather has met her. And uh, do you think she is a good guest to have on this show? I think she's a great guest to be on the show. I don't know how I feel about being her fluffer, but she's a great <laughs> guest to be on the show. <laughs> you are Mama Dangle's podcast fluffer. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Oh, I can't oversell this enough. And truly, I think this is going to be one of the most popular episodes I have ever had. I think once I put it out there on social media that she is a part of this show it is going to absolutely blow up and in the show the only thing i'm going to give away and it's not really giving anything away i tell people if you have questions that you would respectful questions that you would like to have mama dangle answer on a future episode please let me know and she will answer them because there's no way she won't be on this show again Right? Yeah. Nice. Oh, just fantastic. And there's no way that you won't be on the show again, Stepfather. The people love you, and they want to hear your voice and your brain and your sex right here every time. I'm afraid of hearing my own brain, Dangle. Are you? <laughs> it's a scary place to be. <laughs> Are, you... <laughs> Are you saying you never go back and listen to episodes? Um, no, I'm not saying that. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't want you to. Who, who am I if I'm not one who loves to listen to myself talk? Right. <laughs> At least that's what all my exes say. <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> Which is probably why they don't come back. <laughs> all right. They ghost. They ghost. Oh, fantastic. Well, dear listeners, please enjoy my interview with Mama Dangle. And thank you one and all for listening to this episode. Please take care of yourselves and everybody around you. Pay for your porn and support amazing content creators like the people that you have heard interviewed on the show, minus Mama Dangle. Find something that feeds your soul and do it as often as you possibly can. And of course... Keep calm and dangled on. Wunderbar. Mm. Don't worry. Dick will be coming back. Hello. 
this is Kenna James. And when I'm not Netflixing and chilling at home, I'm on Dangling After Dark. Mm, he's recovered and ready to go again. Welcome back to the Pervert Nation. Here he is, Dick Dangle. Now, as customary with anybody I interview for the show, I read them an intro. Are you ready for your intro? I've put together no questions. I have things I want to talk about, but uh, I wrote you an intro. Are you ready for it? Well, can you always bleep it out? I can bleep it out. I can bleep you out (laughs) if you would like. (laughs) So no one knows what you sound like. I'll literally just every time you talk. Okay. Does that work? That works for me. All right. All right. Here's your intro. Yes. My next guest is in many ways more popular than I am. She has done a lot for the adult community over the past few years, including cooking for guests that come to the studio, baking for friends at conventions, and knitting and crocheting hats, scarves, and mittens for the expo-going talent. But her true claim to fame is giving birth to a moderately recognizable award-nominated podcaster. (laughs) She is the wonderful Mama Dangle. How are you doing? All right. (laughs) Has anyone read you an intro before? No. Oh, okay. Never did. Wow, there you go. Yeah, this is something new. Yeah, did you realize that not only are you famous on your own, but you are famous because Well, I wouldn't say famous. You're famous. Maybe... Known. No, I talk about you on the show more than you think I do, and always in good ways. Why? Because you are such an important part of myself, and you've become a very important part of what I've created in the community. Ah, well, thank you. Thank you, and you're very welcome. Normally, I ask people to say all of their social media handles and all of their website information, but you don't have anything. And no, I'm not good with the computer. I'm not good with my smartphone. Right. Even though it's a smartphone, it's right. not smart enough for me. That's right. It is awful. So okay. I still have a landline. And if right. you want to get in touch with me. <laughs> Your number is. <laughs> it It is not easy it is to not. live in this kind of world where you don't understand what people are talking about. Uh, that is for sure. I can only imagine some of the things that you have to deal with when it comes to technology. Yeah, most of it I don't understand. That's why I have you. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm your IT guy. I'm your uh, definer of modern information. Your geek. Oh. Com- computer geek. I'm your computer geek, right? Yes. And it is... <laughs> Good thing that I have you oh, to straighten well. me out because I sure make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so before we get into the show, one of her favorite things to do is, not anymore, but it used to be, where uh, you would click the printer to print. and it oh, wouldn't I still pr- do that. You Just still do? <laughs> okay, good. Uh, and it wouldn't print within the two nanoseconds of her clicking the print button, and she would just continually click print <laughs> until there were 45 pages in her queue. Oh, I had 78 one That's time. Right. I counted them. <laughs> and it didn't help that I unplugged the computer and, oh, and no. the printer, because when I plugged them back in, it kept printing again. Yep. Oh, yeah, no. it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Let's start here. Yeah. How does it feel to be known as Mama Dangle? Because we've had friends like the Diamond Couple who mm. who came to a sale that we were having and they were just so happy to meet you. And you've had performers right. that you've met because they've come to the studio. You've met Kenna James and yes. you've met Brooklyn Chase, who you made dinner for. And how does it feel to kind of be known and and appreciated and kind of wrapped up in the community? Well, like I said, not so much known, but I like the girls. Mm-hmm. I like the people. They're just people to me. Yeah. And uh, I like 
to cook. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to crochet and knit. Right. So that's an easy part. But I like to talk to them, and it's just easy. And not known, the knowing part, eh, mm-hmm. it's not, not, not important anymore. Yeah. I think one of the reasons they do like you so much is because you're approaching them as a regular, everyday person. You know, you don't hold them in this highfalutin light and you just talk to them and you're cool. Right. Because they're usually very nice young people. Oh, very much. Yeah. You know, they're very respectful and they're very easy to talk to. Yes. So to me, it's just something I do. I'm not that tied up with it. Well, obviously. Yes. <laughs> I think if you had an issue with it, we would have a lot more discussions uh, oh, really? when it comes to the podcast. Because as we sit in what I call the Dangle Dome, yes. there is a lot of adult memorabilia here. And I know that you don't necessarily understand it, but it doesn't bother you. No, it yeah. does not. I, I was never one that was prude or ashamed of the human body. Mm-hmm. It was not something that I grew up with because since you can tell by my accent. <laughs> <laughs> She's been from Western Pennsylvania her entire life. <laughs> but... You know, Germans are usually kind of prude. Well, it's interesting because... Where I came from. Yeah, I was going to say, because you we were talking about this uh, a couple days ago, where you have places like Berlin, right. which are very open-minded. Yes. They have uh, basically brothels, right. and sex work is, is okay, and then you have other places that tend to be a, a little bit more conservative, and that's where you were from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there was not. I mean, they do have nudist camps, a lot of nudist camps mm. over there, but not for my family. <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah. yes, true, true. <laughs> I, I, I don't rule everybody out there. Right, That's, exactly. But uh, yeah, I, I grew up in a pretty prudish kind of world. But I found it interesting and uh, rather titillating. When <laughs> when we visited family in Germany when I was 12. Yes. I, I take it back. It might have been when I was 17. One of the two. I remember seeing an ad because we would go over for your mother's birthday. Right. And that's the end of October. And it was always getting cold, if not already cold. And I remember seeing an ad in a newspaper of them selling long johns, the the thermal underwear that hunters would wear and things like that. And the picture on the paper, and it was like a half page of the newspaper, was a woman standing with her hands on her hips, and she had the long john leggings on, and she was bare-chested. And I remember that blowing my mind. Yeah. I mean, there was always a part of Germany where they could do that, mm-hmm. you know. it And like boobs were never out of – boobs they would show. Even on television, it's not unknown that they – but the rest of the body – and they – like I said, it is a different kind of world that I came from. Yeah. You know. Maybe now it's – or now I know it's not as strict as it used to be because mm-hmm. they have – even in like the bigger cities, they have red light districts. Mm, right, right. You know, and uh, when I know when I I'm old, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't have that back then. No, well, I, one of those same years, either twelve or, or seventeen for me. I remember staying up and just having the TV on for background noise, and they would have channels that would run. It wasn't sex, but it was almost like music videos with yes. with women that would be in states of undress. Right. And it was on regular television, yes. like Friday and Saturday nights, that, I want to say. And you have to realize that at that time, and you were for that, they only had three channels. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They've come a long way in a they very short a amount way. of time. So they, <laughs> they had to run that kind of stuff after 11 o'clock. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was like 11 to 4, 11 Stop to 5. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the later I got the raunchy, I got. Right. Yes. I don't know if you want to say raunchy, but that's what it was. You, you can say raunchy. That okay. is fine. Yeah, I, I never watched that. What did I miss when I was growing oh, up? Oh, I watched it a lot when I was there. And <laughs> it, it, I was just, as a, as a young, as a teenage boy, I was losing my mind. I... I left Germany. There was still black and white <laughs> television. So you, <laughs> that's how long ago I left. And right. It was not, uh, you know, there was no microwave when I left. Right. There. Yeah. It was not now. Yes. When you came to the U.S. Yeah. And got to know the culture and the TV and, and all of that. It blew my mind. I'm sure it blew your mind. <laughs> and were you surprised at how – was it sexually different from what you were used to considering you were in a more conservative area? Or was it like, wow, these people are very prudish? Because there wasn't breasts. There still isn't breasts on TV. Right. No, I uh, never – I don't know how to say this – but we moved around a lot with the service. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, okay. My father, her husband was in the military. Right. right. So when we moved, I never had friends or people that I knew that were prudish. Oh, okay. I always could spot people that were a little bit open, let's say. Okay. Open to stuff like that. Okay. And we could laugh about it and we could – because there was nothing – wrong with in germany nothing wrong with people getting undressed when they went to a uh, swimming pool uh, like a public pool public pool oh wow yeah okay. if you wanted to oh, you're not, in jail in a hurry here <laughs> yeah no not to go into the pool but they, if you had if you were done you take a shower you got undressed and it was open okay Okay, there was a woman section and a men section mm-hmm. but it didn't matter how old you were you got in the shower and you were undressed mm-hmm. and everybody could see you. Yeah. So that's a lot of people that I knew over there didn't do that. Okay. They would take a shower in their bathing suit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't, I didn't care. <laughs> I had a good body back then. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was okay. Over here, you didn't do that. Yeah. So I had to get used to that kind of stuff. You know, and uh, I did pretty good, I think. But I, like I said, I was never ashamed of my body. Yeah. So that helps. Yeah, I'm sure. So let's talk about me. So oh, no. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, let's have another drink. Oh, please. Yes. Uh, Mama Dangle is drinking some Irish cream. We prefer Ryan's. We don't mind Bailey's, but. But yes. uh, Ryan's is, is our favorite. And uh, I'm having a little screwball peanut butter whiskey. <laughs> you are a screwball. <laughs> I am 100% a screwball. So I've been doing this show for eight and a half years. And when we started doing this show, I did it at the stepfather's house. And then a number of years ago, uh, after a short hiatus, I brought it to the house and it has really grown and you know the community has really embraced what i've done what do you think about me doing this show it's your life you enjoy it you go right ahead there you go i have nothing against it and they treat you with with respect mm-hmm. and that's all that counts yeah You've always had that approach because I remember telling you one time that I went to Vegas and I went to a brothel. Right. And you literally said, good for you. You're single. <laughs> you've been single a while and good. Because, right. you know, it's safe. Right. It, you know, it, it's consensual. And and you were just like, cool. Yeah. And I was impressed by that. Really? I was because – you know, it was what the reason I, I told her, dear listeners, is because they would always say, "Don't do anything that you wouldn't tell your mother." And I had a feeling at some point it would come out, either from people that I just talked with in general, or when the show began, someone might say something. So I figured I would just tell you, and you were you were cool with it, which because yeah. you never know how somebody's going to react. Well, you know me though. I do. Yes. Yeah. 
I would never. No, that's nothing that I would tell you not to do. Yes. Okay. So you're saying that... Go ahead. Go, yeah, just go ahead. I'm not, I don't even have to answer. Uh, finish the question. Just go ahead. Um, so you're saying that if they bring a convention closer to Pittsburgh, I can take you. Yeah. I, uh, we were talking about this a little while ago. I said, I want to go with you to a club. Oh, yeah, she wants to go to a gentleman's club. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Mama they... Dangle wants to make it rain, which would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know if they would let me in. Oh, they would so let you in. It would be amazing. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I, I think I should experience that because I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. You've never been in no. a, a club? No. Wow. Okay. I'm... Alone. I'm so <laughs> well, alone. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, so am I, and I go. I mean, mine's kind of more for business right. now, but yeah. No, yeah, I've never been. It would be uh, interesting. Okay, well, there are three big clubs in Pittsburgh. I know you, when you talk about them, I know where they are. Yes. Should I go there by myself? Well, <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> if so, I'm putting a camera on you. But there are two that are only topless and there's one that is full nude okay so i would imagine you would want to be full nude full nude okay well that surprised me all right really yeah i I, like i said there is it's a body part yeah yeah really yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh, and you should go and crochet them hats there you go sit down while they're dancing That would be amazing. (laughs) And speaking of, for Exotica DC at the end of 2022, you were kind enough to give me a large plastic tote of hats and scarves and some gloves and just all kinds of stuff that you had made through the year to give away at this convention. And... The reaction that I got from people... I got pictures. Well, that's what I was going to (laughs) say, was amazing because there were people that had emotion with these things because they're handmade by someone that supports them because by supporting me, you're supporting them. And it was amazing to watch the people react to that. And I felt the need because I took some pictures of the people in the hats yes. and, and everything. And I made you a collage. Were yes, you surprised you by that? Yes, I was. Yeah. yeah. It, it's really cute. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's in a special place. Yes. It is in basically her craft sewing room. Yes. It's nice. Yeah. I like it. And I like doing that. Yeah. Yeah, so. And, and we do have a plan for this year. Do Yes, we do. We won't tell. No. No. We can't tell, but no, there there may be some more Mama yes. Dangle gifts <laughs> coming down the road for the wonderful performers. I'll, I'll have to find a way to not give the same people stuff because they can't, we can't have the same people bathing in your, oh, your sewing and knitting and crocheting well, greatness. That's okay. As Isn't long it? as they take pictures with it. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's going to be the thing. <laughs> because do you remember the first thing you ever did for, uh, for performers? And this would have been 2019, I want to say. Did I do an Afghan? No. No. I don't remember. We made coffin pillows. Oh, yeah. Because I had, I I saw online somewhere that someone had made them and we basically came up with a design and we did them ourselves. And you made about 10, 12 of them. Right around there. Yeah. And those were very. I still have to pat on for those. Yeah. We might have to make more of those. Those were (laughs) very well received. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I do stuff like that. Yes. That's good. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really do thank you for, for being on. I just wanted people to kind of, because I have talked about you so much. And you should. I, I, but it's good stuff, I promise, at least on the show. Uh, <laughs> but I want, wanted people to hear the voice behind uh-huh. the person. Okay. And get to know you a little bit. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm uh, I'm not opposed to doing this. You okay. Know? Well, I'm glad you said that because if the listeners have questions for you, yes, would you be willing to answer some questions? Sure. All right. Yeah. So there you go, Pervert Nation. You can ask Mama Dangle. So be respectful. Be respectful. But yes. you can ask her questions. Yes, you can. Yes. And I will try my best to answer them. Yes. Sometimes they're going to be silly. but of, Well. Yeah. They have to be. I, I, I'm not that bleak kind of person. Yes. You don't take things that serious. No. I do not. We've come a long way. And you drink that helps a lot. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes. Helps immensely. See why I get along with we laugh <laughs> and we cry. <laughs> I have toast to that, bros. <laughs> but truly, uh, thank you. So much for uh, for coming on and uh, letting the listeners hear from you and see, see what I have appreciated all these many years. Okay. Anytime. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right. 